one takes care of business. This would end it. Yeah, that's it. Uh -oh. Two, two seconds. McBride. He walked. He did. He did walk. It's the, over. The Heimer. Goodness. How sweet it is for never, Syracuse, Bill. Never count them or him out. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Hanging out with Chris Ranji today. Eli is here as well. BetQL and Radio.com have partnered up to help you beat the sports books. Use our promo code daily for 20% off any subscription. Get started today. BetQL.com. Also available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. Promo code daily for 20% off any subscription. We continue the conversation about these Sweet 16 matchups. Uh, already hit on Loyola, Oregon State, Baylor, Villanova. Eli, it sounded like uh, you were leaning Baylor with us, but it's uh, not a bet you'll be making, right? Right. Maybe you get something live. Baylor minus two and a half. Anything within a possession for me is pretty attractive there. But Baylor's, again, their perimeter scoring with Davion Mitchell, Macy Oteague, Jared Butler. Jared Butler, one of the best defensive guards in college basketball. He's going to be a pro. Mitchell and Butler can really defend and probably cause some issues for a Villanova team that, yes, doesn't turn it over. But at least Baylor's backcourt will pressure the ball make those guards uncomfortable as good as Villanova's depth was against North Texas, especially defensively to kind of get them back when they were down by three and take the lead and then blow out North Texas. That's not going to come close to happening against, uh, against Baylor. All right. Here's a game. I know Eli is going to have a wager on Ranji Arkansas and Oral Roberts. We have Arkansas favored by 11 and a half. They've won 11-12, took out Colgate, Texas Tech, tight one, on their way to getting to the Sweet 16. This was a matchup we saw earlier on in the season, but uh, it was way back in December. Arkansas won 87-76. Uh, they just rolled in the second half. Or Roberts was actually winning at halftime. They outscored him in the second half 57-36. Uh, to 36. Or Roberts, they're not a top 100 team, according to Ken Palm. They have no defense, but yeah. they, they can certainly light it up. Uh, they had opportunities to beat top 100 teams early in the regular season against teams like Missouri, Wichita State. Um, we mentioned Arkansas, Oklahoma State. Weren't able to get it done, but they got it done against the two, the Ohio State, uh, then the, floor, the, the then Florida to move on here. Um I'd like to see or Roberts keep it a game. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't either. E Eli, what do you think here as far as the it's 11 and a half right now, isn't it? I think that's where we are this morning. Correct. Correct. All right. Um, I mean, I don't know if Arkansas covers that, but I just don't see uh, it. This seems to me it feel it, it has the feeling of a, a nice little run for Oral Roberts that's about to come to an end. I get that. I get the perception of this team. They came back against Florida. They were in that game against Ohio State for, from pretty much the get-go, but in the second round, they had to come back in the second half. The biggest, not even concern, the biggest thing I'm impressed with with Oral Roberts is their defense because you go back to the regular season before the conference tournament, they were not engaged defensively. Then you look at the conference tournament, you look yeah. at the beginning of this NCAA tournament, especially against Ohio State, they could switch on every ball screen because they're really athletic and they could stretch the floor. So you have guys that could, again, guard one through five. And they're elite offensively when they're shooting like this. They have a top 10 uh, three-point percentage, a top 15 three-point scoring rate. They rely on threes. But Arkansas's biggest liability defensively is defending the three. So if Oral Roberts is able to give some issues to Arkansas's offense by switching everything, they rebound the ball, they're undersized. 
and Arkansas will control the glass. But if they're able to at least cause a little bit of havoc with their defense and then get out and run and hit threes, Max Acemas, one of the best scorers in the country, a top five in, uh, in points per game. Kevin O'Banner could stretch the floor. They have a lot of options. It's really on that defense, but I think the line is inflated. With that defense, that's fascinating that in the regular season, literally, look at the metrics. One of the yeah, worst teams in good. the country. Yeah. Uh, but it, it reminds me of what we always say in the NBA, and I know this is different level of competition. We're talking about Oral Roberts in the individual play, but is it more about effort? than anything else, e- even with these guys. Maybe it is. We usually say it's about talent in college, but maybe not yeah. uh, here because the effort's there. Yeah, I think it's similar to Ohio. They didn't really they, – they weren't that engaged in the regular season defensively. Then they turn it on in the MAC tournament. They turn it out against Virginia. Yes, a Virginia team that was limited in the first round, but their defense mm-hmm. still showed up, and their defense showed up against uh, Creighton. Their legs were just gassed from the first game, having only a day off in between. And needed to win, what, three or four games in the MAC tournament to to make the NCAA tournament. I think it does. I think it has a lot to do with just being more engaged and and trying to prove yourself a little bit, especially on this stage. Yeah, and, uh, and Steve, real, real quick, I, I just want to say this. I mean, both of you guys talking about turning it on at the right time. NBA players can do it. They're talented. I just wonder if a university like this that right. isn't NBA talented is going to be able to turn it on and then carry it through through an entire postseason, maybe for a couple of games, but not for an entire month. Uh, last game on Saturday, Houston six and a half point favorites against Syracuse. These are impressive wins, and you know it happens again and again and again under Bayhive, whether you like it or not. They're going to make their run to at least the Sweet Sixteen. Wins over San Diego State and West Virginia. They were not expected to win either of those games. Buddy Bayheim has been carrying them. Uh, Roger, I wonder if we give Houston enough credit, if it's like the Gonzaga thing for years and years. And there's still some people that refuse to give Gonzaga credit because of the conference that they belong right. in. That they're not truly the number one team. But, man, are they impressive at both ends of the court, uh, Houston. And they're going to get a, get an opportunity uh, to prove it here, to move on to the Elite Eight. Again, the number six and a half, Ken Palm has it at eight. I, I don't know if I like the number. Um, if I'm Houston, I think Syracuse covers. They've done so what now in six straight games. And with uh, DeJon Giroux being, he's got that hip thing that he's dealing with right now. I think that's going to hold Houston back a little bit. I still think they win the game, but I think Syracuse keeps it close. Eli, what do you think? Yeah, I I lean towards Houston, and I, I want to bet Houston wow. live in this game. To, to Ranji's point, Giroux is a big factor. And let's see how that hip looks. Because he's one of their lead ball handlers. He could space the floor. He didn't look good against Rutgers. I think the toughest matchup in this region for for the Cougars was against the Scarlet Knights. They got past that game, especially with the Giro injury. Now you get into this game where they match up so well against Syracuse. The Orange rely on threes. Houston has one of the best perimeter defenses in college basketball. Houston wants to shoot the three. Syracuse is a pretty or a pretty poor three-point defense. So that's an offensive advantage for the Cougars. And also out of that two-three zone, yes, Houston hasn't seen a Bayheim zone yet, but they played the two-three zone a lot in conference play, and they could rebound the ball out of the zone. Houston, one of the best offensive rebounding teams in college basketball, so good at gang rebounding, even though they're undersized in this matchup. And Syracuse really struggles to rebound the ball out of the zone. Okay, let's go to uh, Sunday. Gonzaga, 13-point favorite 
Against Creighton, uh, Zags, it was kind of a lucky cover at the end against Oklahoma uh, back on Monday. They also had Norfolk State, and then Creighton just got past Santa Barbara, and then they uh, dominate Ohio in this one. I mean, what do you say about the Zags? They're the, obviously the best team in the country. From game to game, you don't know which player is going to be great. On Monday, it was Drew Timmy. Sometimes it's Kispert. Sometimes it's the freshman Jalen Suggs. So, so impressive. The, the question here is uh, if you're betting, okay. They're probably going to win by double digits. They've won 25 in a row by double digits. But are they going to win by at least 14? 13. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, this this one this is one of two games Eli I don't like. I just I, I don't know what to do with this one. I don't know what to do with Oregon USC. How do you feel about the Zags against the Jays? Yeah, you're not getting this line isn't inflated towards Creighton at all, but you're also not getting a discount yeah. because they were able to they were able to cover against Ohio and win that game pretty comfortably. If if Ohio would cover the spread, and let's say Creighton wins the game by two or three, maybe this line is shoots up to 14 where you may be getting a half a point or a point of a value. I just don't see enough value. The only look I would give towards the blue Jays is taking first half. I don't think they keep this thing close, especially on the glass Creighton, one of the worst rebounding teams in college basketball. And you want to go up against drew Timmy. Like the only way a team can upset Gonzaga is with their athleticism. We saw it with Oklahoma in the first half against Gonzaga, it just didn't translate to the second half where Timmy got some offensive rebounds, got some looks down low and dominated. So Creighton just doesn't have the athleticism down low to uh, to at least keep this thing within 13 to me. Uh, the Michigan Wolverines representing the entire Big Ten Conference. They are favored by two and a half over Florida State. This is uh, game number two coming up on Sunday. Uh, and it, it was a big story in the first and second rounds. How much is this liver's injury going to hurt Michigan? Their number two scorer, uh, he fills it up from the outside. Their number number one three-point shooter on the roster. Maybe this is the game. It really hurts them going up against the four seed in Florida State. Again, Michigan favored by two and a half. The total has been dropping throughout the week. It was 146 early on, and now we're sitting at 143 and a half, Ranji. Um, that liver's injury is that's, it's all going to come down to that. How are they going to be able to withstand it? Um, they're going to have to stay out of foul trouble. That's going to be the number one thing. They're not getting a whole lot of scoring off the bench or probably not as, probably not as much as they need to against Florida state. I, you know, I still am leaning toward Michigan here, um, laying the points. I, I think a two and a half, I like that. I think they can win by. They'll win by at least a possession, I believe. And maybe yeah. we're overvaluing Florida State a little bit right now. Eli, what do you think? I'm on the other side. I think Florida okay. State's able to, to cover and probably win the game outright. Michigan doesn't turn you over. That's Florida State's biggest offensive liability is turning the ball over too much. 30 turnovers through the first two games of the tournament and 25 against Georgia Tech in the conference uh, tournament championship game. So that's what that's 55 turnovers in their last three games, but Michigan doesn't really pressure the ball. They don't turn you over a ton, especially without livers, because it's not like they're going to be ultra efficient offensively. Also, you go back to that LSU Michigan game. LSU misses an and one opportunity because the ref blows a call. That would have been a three point game with about three minutes left in the game. Michigan goes on to win the game by what eight or nine points. So I don't want to say the line is inflated because I think the market is going to come back on Florida State. I expect this line to close around two. Florida State's athleticism should be able to, to keep this thing within a possession, especially against a Michigan team that is not great 
uh, matching up against a Florida State team that can really swarm them with their ball pressure. And Michigan struggles with turnovers. So I, I like Florida State to cover this line. And again, I, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on, on the money line too. Wow. Do you think Florida State's going to move on here? It's uh, Why do you think the total's been going down? Florida State's defense. I think it was yeah. a little bit inflated based off the Michigan LSU game. And now we're seeing the market kind of come back to the Seminoles through the total because, again, that defense can swarm this Michigan team as good as Mike Smith was, Eli Brooks, Shondi Brown. Brown and Brooks are not going to shoot that well from three. That's the other thing, especially against a yeah. Florida State team that is not the best perimeter defense. But, again, they can they can really pressure the ball and give this Michigan backcourt some issues handling the basketball. Bama and UCLA. This line has been climbing throughout the week, and I'm not quite sure why there are so many people backing the Crimson here. This is up to six and a half after sitting at four and a half early on in the week. Uh, we know about Bama's great defense, or number three in the nation in defensive efficiency, but you got to watch out for that UCLA offense. They are efficient on the offensive side of the ball. Unbelievable what Nate Yotes has been able to do uh, in year number two with Alabama. Remember UCLA in the play-in game. So uh, they took out Michigan State, BYU, and then their easiest opponent, Abilene Christian, in the uh, round number two. I like Bama. I hope they win because I have a futures ticket on them, but I would not lay six and a half. This feels like too much now. Didn't it open at five? It was like four and a half early oh, was on. It? Yeah. Was it that low? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would have jumped on that. If you get four and a half, you get five. I think I do that. I see. I, I think UCLA keeps it close here. Alabama, as you mentioned, is really strong defensively, but they've been scoring a ton lately. I think it's something like in their eight game win streak, maybe four of those games they've scored 80, which is, yeah. you know, that's a lot in college. And, and it's uh, some if issues they, in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if they continue on that pace, then they should have a fairly easy time. But Eli, I don't know if I like six and a half for them. Yeah, I would definitely lean towards Bama if you want to take a side. Maybe, again, try to get Bama live if UCLA starts out and gets a lead. It's going to come down to tempo because UCLA wants to play at that slow, snail pace tempo with Tiger Campbell, really slow this game down. Alabama wants to speed you up, so I lean towards mm -hmm. the tide if they're hitting threes and making this a fast tempo game. If they're hitting threes, ball game, right? It's over? Yep. Yeah. I hope they uh, can move on to the Elite Eight. We'll continue to cover all of these matchups throughout the rest of the show. But coming up next, uh, we get the opportunity to speak with Jay Billis, get his thoughts on all eight matchups this weekend. Joe Ostrowski, Chris Ranji, this is BetQL Daily. You're locked into the BetQL Audio Network.